Hey, this is Kathleen Boss with the Revenue Accelerator, and I have someone here that is going to share some stuff that we haven't talked about yet on the Revenue Accelerator podcast. So, Margaret Romney, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and why people should care? <laughs> Thanks. It yeah. still gets you when I, I told you the question, but I it's still kind of like, it's kind of a shitty right question. Right there. Hello. Hello. I am a um, public speaking and leadership communication consultant. And my motto is speakership is leadership. Mm. Word speakership. I, I made it up. Um, but it's this it's this conjunction point between public speaking and leadership. Yeah. If you are in the front of the room, whether it's a stage, a Zoom call, a conversation, if you're the one speaking, you are the one leading. You are the one, you have an opportunity and even a responsibility to know what value you're giving, know where mm. you want to guide that conversation, know what values you're coming from and what what outcome you want and how you can serve your audience. I have so many questions like popping into my head right now. So let's like address the one that I had last. <laughs> so, I'm laughing because it's funny in my head, but like people don't want to show what's going on. So off the cuff speaking, people yeah. going live without like, cause this isn't just speaking from stage, right? Yes, that includes that, but it, it happens in the boardroom to your employees, even through email, if you will, um, like going off the cuff, why? When should someone do that? And more importantly, what sounds like, when shouldn't they? Yeah. And I mean, truthfully, we do it all the time. Like here we are, you and We're I. Doing it, oh <laughs> doing it now. Even now, even now. <laughs> so really going off the cuff, it's it's like a, we, we all need to prepare a little bit. So you and I are having this conversation. We've never had this conversation. We've never said these words in this order, but you mm -hmm. and I have said, we're coming from experience. Mm. We're drawing on phrases we've used a hundred times. We're drawing mm -hmm. on ideas we've used a thousand times. Words we've used a million times and we're constructing in the, them in the moment, but we're leaning back on our own experience. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, we all have to go off the cuff. We all have to like raise our hand in that meeting. We don't know exactly what we're going to say. It's not a prepared presentation, but the more we can prepare, the more we can know already beforehand, this is who I am. This is what I want. These are my values. These are the skills that I've been building. I've been practicing going off the cuff. Then and the better chance we have of being the confident person we want to be in the room of leading our listeners where we want mm -hmm. them to go. Cause things can feel like, I think kind of what you were saying is things can feel like they're off the cuff, right? Like again, this is an example. Um, but like you were saying, like we've talked about this topic separately, not together or variations of this. And we have beats right? There's one-liners, there's, you know, concepts that we've shared over and over again, that they're almost innately ingrained in us. And so even though it's off the cuff, it's actually been practiced over time um, because there's that. And I think you talk about this too, is what is that audience reaction? What is their experience going to be? And because we've shared this and we've seen the reactions, I mean, you can't be this funny on accident. So <laughs> like you've tried things, see what lands, see what doesn't, and then you remember them and repeat them. Um, how does all of that play into, you know, 
where you are now and kind of where you came from, because you do, you can see the book, have a TEDx background. And so a lot of people are like, oh, well, TEDx, like blah, blah, blah. Or they're like, yeah, hey, TEDx. But what does that really have to do with leadership? How did you get here? Right, right. I love this question. And you're asking about my background and we touched on this word practice. I'm going to go to my deeper background. My long ago, a million years ago, my undergrad degree was actually in music performance. I was a cellist. And so this idea of practice, this idea of super deeply preparing, like that was our whole world. Like, honestly, we were supposed to spend, if we were only spending two hours in the practice room instead of five, we were kind of, you know, not really pulling our weight. So this idea- Only people would do that in their business. I'm just sorry, sidebar. Exactly, right? Right? We need that practice. We need those skills beforehand. And so with all this, I, all this knowledge I had of the stage and interacting with your audience and energy and connecting and really giving a gift to the audience, which all worked in the music world, I took all of that. And about 10 years ago, when I started branching out from the music world into other things, I was like, oh, this is the same thing. If there's a TEDx speaker on the stage, the more they practice, the more connected they can be in the moment with their audience. The clearer they are on where they want the audience to be by the end, the clearer mm-hmm. they are on the gifts they're giving their audience, then the better speaker they are. So I really, yeah, that's, I used all of that. And, and then when I was working with the speakers, I realized that it just, it went beyond the stage. It was really in everything, these words that they were talking about. So one example, one story, one of my speakers, um, he was an entrepreneur and his business was making protein bars. The protein source was crickets. I know, right? And he had a big job to do to get people to try to put those cricket bars in their mouths without making the face that you are exactly making right now. But like, at least they were ground up, right? Like, it wasn't oh, like there's absolutely. a leg sticking out. <laughs> no legs. It was a ground to a fine powder, but in people's mind. Yeah. So he got up on the stage. He's one of the most charismatic, exciting speakers I'd ever met. He had been on Shark Tank. He'd gotten a deal with Mark Cuban. Like, he knew his stuff, but all everywhere he went, he talked about crickets. He talked about water use. He talked about the environmental impacts. He talked about how the need for humans to be flexible in what we eat because he, I mean, for, and so wherever he went, he, this was his speakership. Mm. Every conversation, every networking event, every presentation, every team meeting, every investor, this was his it wasn't just for the stage. It was everywhere he went. And that, you know, thinking about that, that's really where I started thinking. I came up with my motto, speakership is leadership, mm. wherever you are. Yeah. I mean, and, and leadership is that, you know, leading by example and kind of taking that front stage conceptually, right, place. And um, how much do you think leadership has to do with inspiration? Hmm. I've never thought of those two words together before. I think that it depends on what we mean by the word inspiration. I think leadership does have to do with a vision. You need to know where the audience is going by the end. You need to know where the world you're building. I don't know if you're familiar with Simon Sinek's Mm -hmm. uh, book, The Infinite Game. Yep. But um, he talks about there's, you know, what, what is the, what is the 
picture of the world that you're striving for that is kind of impossible, that kind of couldn't actually be accomplished in your own lifetime, but it's absolutely worthy of your own life being dedicated to it. Yeah. That's so I guess that's it. That is inspiration in my world. Yeah. And giving others that vision, like, here's what I'm doing, or actually, I don't know if you you can make anyone feel inspired. You can invite them. Yes. Well, you have to be wanting to be inspired, right? So like, just like anything in life, you, there has to be a desire to want to connect or whatever. If you're dead set on, you know, not doing something, you know, not riding your bike, then there's a lot of adults who don't ride bikes and they function ish, right? <laughs> Um, but there's, you know, when there's a will, there's a way and it's kind of like water. So the water will go where it goes, but there are opportunities to direct it, to create more power and impact Mm -hmm. as it relates without destroying and also creating in life. I love that analogy. I love that analogy because it's, it both speaks to like when you're working with other people and you're working with, you know, their energy It's kind of, there's the banks on the side of the river. Here's, Mm -hmm. here's their boundaries. We need to stay within this. Okay, water, what do you, what, here's the freedom you have to, to work within that. And this is the direction we're all flowing. So here's, you know. Yeah. In different places in the world, different sizes, different densities, different salt levels. Right. I mean, cause we have some salty people. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it all comes and the beauty of it. So now we're just going completely off um, is the ability to transform both. Right. So one can be the other and the other can be the other. Um, cause I need a thesaurus on my desk. So, <laughs> so, you know, you, you look, you had this experience with working with a lot of people who wanted to, to do their TEDx, right. Which, you know, I think when we talked a long time ago, you know, for some people, it's a vanity metric for other people. It's actually this innate drive to be able to communicate um, a passion, a desire, a story. And you talked about that at the very beginning in terms of communication. So like, we're talking that could be considered communication, but let's talk about effective communication, communication with impact. What is different when you're thinking about communication in that way versus us talking, you know, shooting shit on, you know, on a bench in a park kind of thing. Mm, I love that. This is a great question. And actually we just barely talked about this in my, um, I have some groups of speakers. We do a weekly training event and just this exact week, we, our topic was create crafting that call to action. Mm. And, and sometimes like you and I talking here right now, we're just, you know, we're slaying a foundation, we're doing, but sometimes you need people to act. Sometimes mm. you have to have, it's, it's called upon you to have that impact. Two tools that I use that I use with all of my speakers and um, that's really important to know is when you're asking an audience to shift or change, you need to paint the picture for them of, I call it the end of the world and paradise. We talked a little bit about paradise. Here's where we're going. Here's what I want to do. Here's my worthy cause. Here's my infinite game. Here's a picture I'm going to paint it of the world of what it will look like if we go there. And you also need some language and visuals around if we don't move there, here's why it's the end of the world. Mm. Here's what's going to happen if you don't, if we, if we don't move forward on this, here's the ways we're going to get stuck. Here's what's going to get broken. Here are the ways 
just to you know exaggerate here's the way the world's going to catch on fire <laughs> if we don't move you well for some people it might right if they don't do that thing that that is being called to them right exactly and so and with so in understanding that concept is one thing but really filling out the edges of it um, take some courage. Mm. Take some courage because it's a little alarming to point out the way th things are, are going to break down. It's a little um, courageous to have to own the you know, kind of impact and change you can have, the worlds you can build if all goes this way. It's, it takes some stretching. It takes some practice. So what I love about you is you're very heart-centered. And so this is not going to be targeted at you, but some people can use your knowledge and what you share um, and correlate it to persuasion. And you can either use that power for good or for evil, right? Mm -hmm. And so we know a lot of people who use persuasion marketing or speaking, right, um, to create a call to action for people to spur to do things that maybe aren't necessarily in their best interest. Mm -hmm. So how do you craft a persuasive, because I mean, that's, seems like speaking is a persuasive experience, right? Where you're there, when you're starting with an end in mind, how do you get them to that place? There's this persuasion aspect to it. How do you stay in integrity when it comes to crafting a talk that is persuasive, that is in support of the audience? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. And I think that's, it's such a poignant topic right now. We are all so very sick to death of being pushed and pulled and buy now and trigger, 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 go, go, go. We're exhausted. There's only one spot left. <laughs> I know. We're, we, it's such a turnoff. Mm. Such a turnoff. And I just got finished reading Chris Foss's Never Split the Difference. Yep. And he's a, um, a hostage negotiator. Mm -hmm. I mean, talk about persuasion. Mm -hmm. One person really needs to persuade the other people to the other, you know, the hostage takers to, to let them go. There's not a there's not an in between. I need yeah. to make you do that thing, and the biggest takeaway from that book, and which goes in perfectly with what I work with with my speakers, is you have to get on the same page. You have to have a shared world. You need to have a shared experience. You need to let them the other people relate. You need to have empathy. Like here we are together. Let me paint you a really clear picture of who we are, and what I understand about you, and here's the situation that we're in. And then understanding you kind of can't, you can't actually persuade, you can't make anyone do anything, but you have a chance to invite. And if you feel that connection, if you feel that understanding and empathy right from the beginning, mm. and, it, and it usually takes time to, to really establish that. If people, then you gain their trust, then you're like, and this is what I see. This is where we need to go. Mm. So yeah, I firmly believe you, uh, I, persuasion is a kind of a, a, a tricky word these days. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword, right? Again, you can use it for good. You can use it for evil. Um, yeah. So you, you talked a little bit about, you know, building connection, building trust, right? Of, of getting on the same page, which includes connection and trust and all that. So how do you do that? as part of speaking, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm digging for, for these nuggets here. <laughs> Cause I, I like, you know, I know that people are like, great, I want to speak, or maybe you're a speaker. It, this kind of ties into that of like, what am I potentially doing wrong and how can I make what I do more impactful by doing what you're saying, which is creating connection and creating trust. 
Yeah. So there's a model that I use with all of my speakers, which this applies to when they're on the stage. It applies to a conversation. It applies to giving the press, you know, being in a meeting and raising your hand. There's three elements. The first three elements of storytelling, I call it the three C's mm. context, character, and conflict mm. context. If you, you have to set that context, you have to get in the same world as your speakers. And so technically, like if you're on a stage giving a presentation, the very first thing out of your mouth that I coach all my speakers to do is create a shared experience, create something where your brain and the audience's brain are kind of getting in sync. You can do that through telling a joke, getting everyone to laugh. You can do it through asking a question, which gets our frontal lobes all mm. lit up. You can do it through telling a story and giving lots of visual details. There I was standing on the stage, white, white bright lights in my eyes. I was wearing all black. I couldn't see the audience, but I knew there was an auditorium filled with teachers, friends, and students waiting to be inspired. You know, those details, your brain, as I was just saying, painting that picture, your brain lit up in the same way my brain lit up. Mm. So um, when a speaker is speaking, when it's a more formal presentation on a stage or, um, or in a boardroom, don't start by telling them about yourself. Don't give them your LinkedIn bio. I don't, oh, I, but it's always so interesting to hear it being oh, read. Is it though? I just love those bios being read to me. Especially <laughs> when they call it next bullet point. <laughs> exactly. Tell a story. Start from that shared context. Create that experience. And um, yeah, that's that's where you need to go to get that connection right from mm-hmm. So that's with the the context. What about the the second one was character, right? Context is character, right? And then it, so context is setting the setting. So I so in the little vignette that I just said, I'm standing there on stage. There's bright white lights in my eyes. I can't see the. So there's the context, and then there's the characters. I'm there, and then I know that in the audience there are other teachers, performers, and then here's the conflict and students waiting for me to inspire them. Gotcha. In those few sentences, I've already started a story. There's this, like, what happened next? And what happened next? So, and, and that three, those three C's, I, I, those are super useful, even in on the spot speaking, when mm. things get derailed, when you're like, wait a minute, you're in a different, like, go back to the beginning. Hey, I understand this is what's going on. Here's the context. Let me make sure I understand that this is the playground we're working in, that these are your facts. These are my facts. Okay, go back to the beginning. Here's the care. Here's the context. Okay, here's your place. Here's my place. Here's the characters. And then, okay, now what we need to do is really understand this conflict. We're very solution oriented. We love going into meetings and going, look, here's a solution. Look, do this. Look, just change. I know all the answers. Well, I mean, you know, everyone loves brute force. So, But yeah, so it's getting that buy-in, right? So that the, I mean, it's not the right word, but getting compliance, if you will. So of everybody kind of going, okay, we all agree. And then there's that, that kind of creates, it reduces the resistance because if you're someone, and we've all seen that person who's there, who's determined, you know, you might've even been that kid in that class, who's going to like prove the teacher wrong. Right. But if everybody's on the same page, then we can all move forward together. But if there's people who are being left behind or who haven't complied or who haven't said, yes, I agree with this, 
then they almost kind of overtake and, and, and it kind of, it's that like, uh, you know, the one bad apple that ruins the bunch. Um, are there any strategies to kind of really get people rallying around the message early on so that the overall experience of the speech becomes that much more impactful and powerful? Mm -hmm. There's a technique that um, I use called, uh, let's see, brain blank. Oh, it's a, this is a, this is a concept from um, like learning philosophy, learning theory, and that is having a priming event. Mm. There's a priming event, like when we get kind of like a heads up of what's going to happen later. And then our brain kind of sets up that scaffolding of like, oh, these are the issues we're going to talk about. This is what's going, this is what's going to happen. And so by having a priming event before the meeting, then people, you, you can, it's a chance for people to kind of work out the kinks or know where they stand so you can hit the ground running mm. faster. Sometimes that's done through an agenda. Sometimes it's through marketing and advertising before. I know when I lead webinars and things, I like to send out like a quiz beforehand, like, hey, here's some things so I get to know about you. And then with through my questions and the wording of the questions, they understand more about the topics we'll be talking about. Right. Beautiful. Um, you know, you, you talked about a little bit about um, the, the people that you tend to work with and, and having these kind of um, uh, graduated experiences. So you working with young leaders um, who then in turn become influencers and, you know, kind of leading, um, uh, you know, the, through speaking. So what's important to know at those different levels? Because there's speaking and then there's influencing. And so right. is there a different process and what, and if there is, or different components or things to consider, what are those things? Yeah. Yeah. So what, the way I like to say it is I like to um, transform young workers into well-spoken professionals and then those established professionals into influential speakers. And what I see in the workplace, there's, I mean, we all kind of joke around the generation gaps between boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z. Plenty of memes out there for it. So many, so <laughs> TikTok far. is full so of mean. challenges and stuff. <laughs> exactly. Notice my hair is parted on the side, not down the middle. Right. So. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't look good down the middle, okay? No, it doesn't. <laughs> no matter what those TikTokers say, it does not look good down the middle. I agree. I'm the same way. Um, but really what it comes, what I see is there's a, there's a, often a gap in understanding and skills around professional speaking. I see a lot of like very established leaders feeling frustrated and confused with the the newer leaders, the new the the younger workers, the more emerging leaders. Like, why can't you why can't you just show up in a, in a certain way? And sometimes those younger those very the new people who've newly come into the workforce they just haven't been around long enough to know the language. Like you just gotta, gotta kind of dress within these parameters. Okay, this is what some things you need with your body language. Okay, mm. and we know you wanna make a difference. Let's hear what's important to you and how can you vocalize that? How can we prepare you so that you can show up in those boardrooms with the you know, whole strata of leaders and, and be heard? So I'm smiling because you guys, if you're listening, you can't hear me smile, but I'm smiling. Like now you can see me. I'm, you can hear me smile. So I'm smiling because as you were describing this, I really went to my 
mom roots being that, um, you know, so basically at the super smart level, it's know your audience and adjust how you communicate with who the audience members are so that they can receive it. And my mom modality is we know that we cannot parent each child necessarily the same. If we try to approach each one because they have a different reaction, they have their own values that are a little bit different. Um, one of them is just an asshole. And so you need to like approach it from a different <laughs> angle with more of the kid gloves kind of approach. So, I mean, I think you, what you were saying was, is you, it's not a create the speech, set it and forget it kind of approach of once you have the opener and you've got the, you know, the question that engages everyone. And then you've got the three teaching points or, you know, I'm just going to what I've known as uh, stuff. And then here's your, your closing kind of thing. Um, what are the things you need to consider about your audience you know, so one, do you agree with that? It's not set it and forget it. And then what are some things to keep in mind as you're evolving, not only as a leader, but in how you're speaking and engaging with people? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like the, like there's the, it's not just one speech and yet there is so much you can learn by doing one of those speeches. Like Mm -hmm. that's one of my, one of my phrases is um, learning principles of public speaking or learning principles of communication through great public speaking. Like if you, if you know how to really nail that one signature talk, there's so much from there you can pull out to the rest of your Right. Right. Cause it's the, it's the basis there, but you kind of modify it for the different people. So it's the same beats, but you might say this to this audience or this to that audience, but you wouldn't swap them. Exactly. Exactly. So we kind of need to code switch in a way. Mm which we all do in different places in our lives. I talk to my kids different than I talk to my colleagues and I, you know, and I, so we, there's, there's different voices and we need to get skilled in those different voices. There's um, one technique that is really effective for learning those different modes of speaking is to practice them in other places. Like when you're sitting down, having a conversation with your, with your buddy, uh, with your favorite beverage, notice that's the place to Mm. try out other things. Like what if I'm silent more? What if I do use more hand gestures? What if I, um, so that when they judge you, (laughs) right. So then you're like, are you crazy? Or did you you take something before you met up? Exactly. Or even, or even a place to notice yourself. Like, okay, when I'm here talking most casually, most openly, what am I doing that I can then use when I want to really connect with somebody else? Mm. What does my authentic speaking style look like? I love that because you could go into the room thinking that the audience is a certain way. And I know a lot of speakers talk about read the room. Because you might be, if you're so hyper-focused on these are the things I must say, and it's kind of like the people who read from their note cards versus the people who, and that just demonstrates um, knowledge and experience and, and having, you know, kind of practiced. And I think that really is just kind of what it all comes down to is you can do this thing, but until you practice it and you practice it a lot, which, oh my God, we're coming right back to the beginning here. Um, you're not going to be able to modify it for the situation. And you can only modify it through the situation because you've experienced different ones and you either did it right or you did it wrong. Right. Exactly. It comes back to that practice and it comes back to, to owning it, like knowing and accepting that you are practicing wherever Mm -hmm. you're speaking, that is what you're practicing. 
So what yeah. do you want to practice differently? And where can you find safe spaces to explore or learn new information or try, excuse me, try things out so that you can vary your practice so you can increase your tools yeah. and skills? It's that commitment to what do you want to get better at? Because yeah. you can't get better at it unless you practice it. And so practicing means you're going to, you know, you're going to fall, you're going to fail, you're not going to do it right, but it's all in service of becoming a better version of yourself through mastering your craft. Exactly. Um, Margaret, you've been so amazing. Um, how can people get in touch with you or learn a little bit about you? I think you have something that you want to share. So I do, I have a, I have a gift for you guys. I have a, um, it's a speakership assessment so that you can see your own skills. You can see where are you strong? Where are some, some areas you might not have even thought about with your own speaker. Mm. And so um, if you go to margaretwattsromney.com slash something, I can't remember. I'll look it up. It's at my website. And I'll be sure to make sure the the show notes will have that link for you Great. guys in there. Um, and so did you find the link or I was just giving, I was buying you time. <laughs> I actually can't, I think I goofed my website. I can't. No see. worries. So guys, that'll be in the way, in the, in the show notes right there. Um, and we'll put it in the bio as well. So you can find it real quick, but that is something going to be something that's going to be definitely worth scrolling down to and getting. Um, and really kind of understanding. I'm actually really curious to start looking at some of those aspects for myself, because as entrepreneurs, we all know that visibility is a huge part of what we do and it is a revenue generating activity. And so looking at how to improve ourselves and how we present ourselves is absolutely critical. Um, Margaret, any kind of parting words or you know, words of wisdom? Cause again, that thesaurus thing that I have to find. <laughs> um, just um, own it. Like mm. I take your hands, put them on the steering wheel of your own speaking, your own leadership, wherever you are, wherever your vehicle is, whether it's a shiny new Ferrari or it's an old used something that needs a little care, like own it. This is who I am. This is where I am. This is where I want to go. And you make the choices for where you want to drive that. Beautiful. Thank you so much. So welcome. My pleasure. Thank you, Kat.